you gonna do? It happens, I suppose. Uh, at least technical we're... difficulties. We'll at least we're it. only four minutes in. Okay, so yeah. to catch us up, John is not fully exhausted, but not doing great. Um, back from work. Yes. <laughs> and then my name is about Rocky and Bowenkle. Boom, we're caught up. Caught up. We were discussing Wasamata U uh, being the alma mater of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yes. Bullwinkle J. J. Moose. Yes. So, all right. Well, we burned the first four minutes and nobody even had to hear us talk. So (laughs) that seems like a win for our uh, viewers. But, uh,. Well, how about the, can I can I kick off with an ethical? I can can yeah. I? Yeah, I have a question I want to ask. Okay, so I I bar I was bartending. Two two um uh, attractive attractive ladies came came in and they were nice and they uh, looked good and they 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 smelled good. They were you know what I mean. But in my head, I'm like, I can't. How do you compliment a woman because? They worked at it. They put on lotion. They put on perfume. They want to smell good. But she just, I know I can't go full like, you smell pretty. You know what I mean? I can't do that. And you can't go, you know, like sling blade, like you smell like French pot potatoes, but better. You know what I mean? So it's like, but so you guys are married. You have, how do you tell a woman you smell pretty without sounding like a complete creep? Is it possible? Uh... That's a tough one. I don't know how to. I think you got to be very subtle. I was like, going to say something smells good in here. Yeah. Is it you? And then just stare at it. But but it's like but they they worked on it. They want to. It's odd because they they work at something, but you can't compliment. You can't go, hey, well done. Well, you know what I mean. It's odd. Yeah. Uh, that's a Plus, tough one, Kirk. I don't we're, know. we're probably not the best two people to ask about that since, you know, the whole married thing. Well, yeah. you if you have, so you never, okay, so what across your mind, damn, girl, you smell good. Like, that would never come up? Or they, like, <laughs> well, well, I'm not again, saying that, but. Or mentioned married thing. So you, they, you guys already like each other. Okay, all right, so. Yeah. You're not you're not offending one another, so no one's going okay. So and you're, I think you're a bad test audience. You're a bad you know, sample. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, I think subtlety would be your best friend there. If I had to guess. All right. So don't stomp my foot and howl like a 1950s cartoon character. I was gonna say, yeah, no, no Looney Tunes. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. I mean, well, I wish, I wish I would have talked to you three days ago. <laughs> God damn it! You could have saved me, son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, like I said, we're not the best ones to talk to this about. So, no. But yeah. speaking, speaking of things, Kirk, that aren't subtle. Oh, tra- transition. Here we go. Where, where, where are we going? Everybody probably heard about William Shatner's successful flight into space. Yes, indeed. And uh, he went up eight minutes, came back down, crash landed, and everything was peachy. 
<laughs> That's what I called my prom night. <laughs> hey, oh, okay. No, I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> I feel like the, uh, the big takeaway from the whole thing was not that much, honestly. Right, it was tourism, right? It was just sort of a, sh- a showbizy kind of glitzy kind of just uh, attention hoary kind of thing, right? I mean, there was no, pretty much. Yeah, we didn't we didn't learn nothing. Well, considering he he cut Chatner off when he was trying to give a speech, yeah, it, it was all a publicity stunt for Bezos. Right, hey, that was that was the best part of the whole launch was when Bezos cut him off. I mean, that was that was pretty funny. Oh, just interrupting with a this champagne girl, and we never found out if Shatner actually shat his pants. You would think that would come up, old man in space. You think it would happen? Uh, I mean, realistically, I know we kind of talked about it last week, but I mean, he was probably one of the ones that I not pioneered space because people were already going to space before Star Trek started, but it was definitely a a mainstream to science fiction. Oh, yeah, it was influential. Like, there was a story about, um, oh, I forget the, um, uh, the, black, the, the black chick from Star Trek. Like, I guess she was actually... Ahura. In, well, that's the... She, she, like, was a pioneer in, like, actually going and recruiting because she was sort of seen as a uh, PR person almost for space because she was hooked up with Star Trek and then she got more uh, like African American females like hooked up in the space program. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it had a, a huge impact on like, culture and society. Oh, yes. Considering it's still technically being made, there's still new season or series of Star Trek coming out. Yeah, like Whoopi Goldberg was in one. That was weird. You know, for just any, I don't know, anyway, you know, but no, there's, it's been, it's almost like the, yeah, the, I, I don't want to like, it's sort of like it's almost in a soap opera where it just kind of runs forever in different variations or different forms or something. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like it's constant. It's always there in society. Yes. Well, the, the uh, interesting thing that I pulled from the whole launch was that, one mostly they were talking about the physical requirements that they had to meet to ride the rocket and it boiled down to can you climb seven flights of stairs in 90 seconds was pretty much the physical limitations that they Wait, had like to seven do. stories like set, like i have to go up from flight like from i have to make it to the seventh floor in 90 seconds I guess that seems that that seems impossible. Uh, Have you guys ever gone up and like? Short answer: Yes. I was gonna say because I I can absolutely agree to this. Uh, what you never did the CPAT test, did you, Chris? I don't think so. But you guys know my job is heavily involved in stairs, so. I'm pretty sure I can handle it. This guy gets in staring contests all day, every day. He can take it. I, yep. I want to say 
So part of the CPAT test, this is why it, it, it's kind of, was you have to climb stairs. And for those who don't know, the CPAT is the candidate physical assessment test for firefighters, uh, of which I was attempting to be one and a volunteer for quite a while. Okay. It was that and then making chili. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, I, I'm trying to remember, it's a ridiculous amount of steps you have to climb in a certain amount of time. 60 steps per minute for 30 minutes. Or for not 30 minutes, that would be horrible. Three minutes. Yeah, there's no way. Um, So it's, what is that, 240? Ah, we're getting all mathy. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, 180. Um, <laughs> well, but see, so the, th the, the point was is uh, the 90-year-old William Shatner going up into space kind of proves, even though he looks fantastic for being 90, uh, you don't necessarily even have to be that fit to go up into space, is what they've kind of proven. All right. All right. Well, I mean, it's the biggest thing with that is just the the takeoff, the acceleration or the, the G-force during the... Is it just taking the, absorbing the G-force part? That's really what you have to endure? That and possibly the landing. Dude, the landing actually looked to be the worst because when that when that capsule dropped down, it hit relatively hard. What did 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 do did it do a splashdown or was it like a parachute? I missed the the touchdown. Par parachute into the desert. Well, the prairie okay. of West Texas, but uh, like there was a real big plume of dust that came up after the landing, which made me think that it hits pretty darn hard. Well, I, I could only assume. Parachutes, they don't slow you down significantly well. Um, and I would so imagine... On, on the feed, it showed the speed of the capsule as 14 miles per hour when it hit, when it's touched down. Yeah, but that's that's like driving a car 14 miles an hour into a wall. I know, that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my point, is that's, you know, in my my thought is that's what you're going to have to deal with as far as physicality is concerned. Well, same for, um, that, that's how it's been for all manned capsules. Like the Soyuz, it lands on land in a, a similar fashion, and it, if I'm remembering correctly, the stories i've read some stories where they're like yeah it's it's not fun landing in the soyuz well and is to me like it, this may be dumb space guy talking but that seems to be like a detail later you know what i mean like like well well uh, we we've blasted them into space they survived we got them back into the atmosphere um if they bruise their arm on their way back we'll work on that but, you know well that's a uh, right i mean come on like how much? Like how much was achieved, and then we'll work on the comfort later. Oh, um, I guess here's here's the grand scheme thought, and you guys can uh, take this and run with it as you will. But my thought was this: it seems that even though this is an eight minute up and down space flight, which isn't really that grand. Based off of how William Shatner described it in the end, I mean, I don't know if you caught his his speech that he was giving that he was kind of 
interrupted in, but it seemed to be a fairly impactful event on him. Like he seemed to be moved by it. And it kind of made me start to think that this could actually work for people all the way up into their 90s who might look at it and go, you know, my dream has always been if I could go to space, I'll go to space. And now it's actually a possibility for a lot of those people who could fulfill a lifelong dream. Eh. Not with Bezos running it, it isn't. Huh. Well, and not, for, I mean, not to be a, like, uh, William Shatner is an actor. So I was going to say, he, he's going to sell the part of it, it, it. He would be the biggest asshole if they, how was it, Shatner? Eh, not that great. You know, what well, I mean? he knows what he he just got a free ride to space. He's going to be pro this. This was amazing. He's like a he's a he was a pitch man for so many things. He's just selling a product. Yeah, I would well, agree with that. I suppose so. I mean, but it just seems like if you had the ability and you were 80 years old and the one thing you wanted to do in your life since you saw the first NASA mission was to go up into space. Well, now it's kind of a possibility. Eventually. It's closer than you think. Um, like, we, we talk about... It always gets derailed back to Starship, but Starship is is going to be what delivers that, not anything Bezos is working on. Bezos and Blue or, or um, Virgin Galactic, those are those are rich people tourist rides. Well, and I agree because I think my vision for what SpaceX could do with space tourism, based off of the in-depth look I did on the Starship, is that they would go up. Uh, they would have it would be like an airplane in space, essentially. Oh yeah, and that's why they want to get a thousand people in a Starship. Even if you're if you've got a thousand people and you're only in space for twenty minutes, that's still a long time to uh, look out the window. Yeah, and they have like Blue Origin. I looked up the price of a ticket after the launch, and they're selling out. Uh, which there's been a lot of pre-orders already, but I think it was three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a seat. Which yeah, that's that's. That's ultra rich money, right? That just seems like it's space tourism for this. It's like the people that could for the Titanic, the the ooh, the you know the the cane and the the with the crystal on top of it, and having and you know people that does a, everything. Yeah, I mean that's the only people that can afford that. Not a, any no normal person can swing that. And no, uh, it's not even a, a a true ride to space. Like, sure they get into space, but. Hey, well, this time in the Shatner launch, they they actually went above the Carmen line. So I thought they did before too. Oh, maybe they did. I don't. It, it was Blue uh, Virgin Galactic was the one that did not cross the the Carmen line. Mm-hmm. They only went up. That yeah, that their flight was just enough to experience weightlessness, more or less. So were they blue line bald? Is that how you <laughs> phrase it? Is that a is that a <laughs> science phrase? I just invented. Just invented, patented, Kirk Buck out. <laughs> but 
I don't know. I mean, I thought maybe you guys would be a little more on board with this, but it just seemed like if you could make it a little more manageable for people, let's say $10,000 a seat, I feel like there would be a lot of childhood dreams being fulfilled from going up and looking at space. Well, not- I guess if I guess if you grew up in that generation where like, you know, the space race was a big thing and yeah, I mean I could there's 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 there's, there's, a, there's a possible audience there for sure. My childhood dream was never to go to space. And I met an astronaut when I was in grade school. Like I went to some NASA convention and met an astronaut and I I was like, "Nah, I don't want to go." So you know well, what the astronaut said to you? Take a shower. <laughs> he tried to hose me off. <laughs> the the smart, the smartest man. This man is a scientist genius who went to the moon and he goes, you, you Sonny, you, you're ripe, my friend. I've been to outer space in a tube for weeks. Nothing. You're twice. Oh, Lord. Bad. That's what happened. First story. <laughs> None of that was made up. <laughs> What were you saying, John? Oh, I was just gonna say, um, just fuel costs per person on Starship, if they manage to get a thousand people, would only be about a thousand dollars a person. So maybe double that for ground support and all of that for a ticket. For but that would be a trip from wherever they're launching, more likely Boca Chica, to wherever right. they. It, yeah, it would have to be in the middle of nowhere, right? I mean, that's that's the, one of the perks. Like we've said, like blasting off in the desert or in the swamp where there's nobody around. So if there's a misfire, there's no collateral damage. So you have to go drive to it, right? Well, I mean, SpaceX is most likely going to be in the ocean. We talked about that last week. They kind of yeah. have to be to get around all the So you would the hop, hop a boat or like a chopper? Ooh, that'd be cool. If you, get to, if you get to chopper to anything, it's pretty cool. Well, and I'm, I'm totally for it now. John, this totally goes away from what we're talking about right now. But apparently I read that when you sign, when you do the user agreement on the Tesla software, there's actually like a writer in there that says that you agree that Mars is not stakeable. So you're making no claim to Mars in the yes. agreement? So that's 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 Elon's. Well, it's his. Technically, I mean, that's going to be a point of contention that is going to very quickly uh, be found out because I think it's going to uh, immediately be tested, and I think once a Mars colony is self-sufficient, they're going to say "fuck the Earth." We're now this. Well, I just thought it was funny that that was in a user agreement that Elon Musk made. He's like, hey, you're buying my car. You have to say that Mars isn't, uh, you can't stake Mars. Well, and that's, see, and that's the thing that's going to come up is uh, what happens when Musk sets up a Mars colony? Is it owned by the United States? Is it owned by Elon Musk? Is it? It would be, it? it would be a self-governed entity. Essentially, it would be a new world. 
Well, yeah. what the user agreement says. Yeah, I, the United States wouldn't have it because it's not on the United States, right? But, yeah, it would be a thing. That's worked very well in the past for every country. Um, no, the United States is absolutely going to claim it, especially if Musk is the one that sends it. And then Musk is going to say, no, I'm from Mars. I'm just going back to motherland. Well, and that's what I'm <laughs> saying is once it gets self-sufficient and they absolutely do not need anything else from Earth, it's going to be viewed as a new colony. Until then, it's, you know, technically the U.S. will be the one that's supplying it with supplies, so it's technically will be a U.S. colony. So as soon as they can set up strip malls, that's when it's going to go bang, zoom. That's what you're saying. In and out bugger plants its first foundation or McDonald's, and then boom. You go Demolition Man. Yes, Taco Bell. It's sad that Demolition Man is coming true, too. <laughs> wow. You know, well, yeah. no, no. Except for the seashells. Well, people always say, they're always like, oh, Idiocracy, that movie was true. Demolition Man is way closer to the mark than anything. Because there's, what, like three companies that own almost all of fast food joints? Well, yeah, but also, like, going back to the Mars, uh, you know, essentially, I think what's going to happen is when they finally do make a colony on Mars, it's going to have to be a, how would you say it, like, people are going to have to agree on a rule structure and all that stuff, because essentially they're building their own new world, so... It's definitely going to be different than what we have down here, but you would think it would be a little more utopian in the sense of if you're going to go live on Mars, you kind of have to agree to disagree on the rules. Called socialism. Kind of. Well, kind <laughs> of, but not really. I mean, well, it is, but I, I see where you're going with this, and yes, it would absolutely have to be a, a socialist everyone pitches in everyone gets equal amounts style what kind of all for one yay for all kind of they're kind of there seems that it seems like on an, another plant there'd have to be more of a team atmosphere like everybody's got to be doing yeah because i still think like no matter what anybody says if you screw up on mars you're getting launched out an airlock and oh no i i agree entirely i mean and what's to stop, you know, people from doing that and being like, oh, yeah, no, no, we don't know what happened to him. He, he must have went crazy and walked outside. Yeah, we haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's not like the U.S. is going to send the FBI to Mars to figure out why someone went missing. And even then, they wouldn't have any jurisdiction anyway. So who yeah. cares? Well, but it, you, know, you know it's going to be a CBS show, though. Like CBS, <laughs> you know. Crime scene Mars. Exactly. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Like they're float. Like you. Anyway, you. But you know it's coming. But let's not talk about that. Uh, we give out so many good ideas, Kirk. You I, got a I know. I was going to say. <laughs> you gotta. We can't throw all the good ideas out to the universe. You gotta keep some of them inside. So write that one down. Really. <laughs> so yes. Six, 
CSI in space, you say is a keeper. Okay. All right. That's a keeper. <laughs> I got I got a pad of paper. We'll get that tanned Horatio guy. It'll be great. All right. You guys you guys talk for a second. I'm gonna scribble that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, there's so many different aspects you can look at when it comes to this, you know, space flight. I mean, we're talking about the beginning of a new era for lots and lots of people potentially and it's all starting with a eight minute flight that's going up into orbit and coming back down and we're talking about colonizing mars and they, john i don't know if yeah. you've looked at the artist renditions on spacex's website but yeah. they're talking about they're talking about like their grand plan is to have like domes with concerts. It'll be like a cruise ship, but in space on Mars. I disagree with that. And, and for the reason being is less less Tommy Bahama shirts. First of all. <laughs> Well, I mean, they're going to, yeah, I, I can see the renditions, and it makes sense. It, it's very um, Total Recall-ish with the spaceports and then everything built into the mountains. and. Yep. It's just, Oxygen. I mean, I... it, it's what? Well, it seems very like uh back, like when cruises like getting on a, a cruise and going like across the atlantic like to the average poor person that was fucking unattainable but you know what i mean it was kind of to me it's like the same thing you could go into space and do this it's sort of the equivalent eh, the difference between that is uh it's going to take you 6 months to get there so yeah but that's uh... I was going to say that's that's like, you know, new explorers, sail-powered, going across the Atlantic. And, and I guess what, and also what's the difference, I mean, tourism is, it's a pop-in and a pop-in versus, you know, setting up a colony seems like, you know, way, something way different. Oh, tourism, so, yeah. tourism's decades off. Yeah, uh, we're we're a long ways from the tourist aspect, but no, this is that's a just the one green... way. <laughs> this is you've decided you and your family are going to Mars to uh, start anew. It's just to get away from student debt loan. That's what people are going <laughs> to be doing. That's what ninety percent of the people. Mark and the work. bill collectors would still find you. They would still call. Hello. <laughs> I'm on Mars. We can we can meet you halfway. What? <laughs> we have a spaceship. We can just look to leave in a bag by a tree. In the I mean that that does bring up a good point though. So what if Musk decides that he's sending his ten thousand people to Mars in five years? Actually, ten thousand doesn't seem like that much. Like yeah, it's a it's a small city, but. It, it wouldn't cripple anything. Now, if he sent like a million or two million people, that'd be a little bit different. 
Yeah, yeah we'd like, have some room to spread out. Yeah, ten thousand is like a, a small, small town. That's that's plenty of elbow room, I reckon. But I mean, that's that's well, it depends on how many they end up fitting in the starships. But I know the initial one was they were talking about a hundred people per starship. So what we need to do, John, is go on one of those websites and buy up all the acreage of Mars. Yeah, that's those are all those are all scams. Just like naming a star. And and then we can uh, Airbnb that shit and be, you know. You're going to charge them for landing on your property? That's, That's right. <laughs> See, get now, off my lawn. Now, in theory, if you manage to get to Mars and claim it all, that's a different story. I, I don't think you would have to have a pretty decent-sized army with you to stave what? off Elon Musk and his mass amount of rockets landing, but it, it would technically be possible. No, no, whatever rocket ship is going to Mars, if you urinate on that <laughs> before it takes off, boom, technically, Good. when it touches down, what's the first thing to touch? My urine. Bam. <laughs> Checkmate. Prove That's... me wrong, John. I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> but my my thought is on the similar vein. What if they send a crew with a bunch of supplies, you know, like the first one, it's got 100 people on it, and halfway through they all decide, yeah, we're just going to steal all this shit, land on Mars, and then just claim it all as their own. Just, just plant a flag, mine. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I think, who's going to stop I think them? The, I think the only logic there would be then you would just not send up any more ships for 30 days until their air runs out. And you they... starve them. Just... <laughs> you know, like, they can only last so long, so we'll just... Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Soon, so, uh... Realistically, okay, so let, let, me, let me pose this. We'll, we'll get into posing stuff. So, realistically, if they send up a bunch of supplies, which is what they'll have to do... Uh, there'll have to be a ton of starships sitting on Mars waiting to be used and potentially already have tunnels drilled out. You know, Mars needs to be self-sufficient from the get-go. It has to have the supplies, the water, the, the equipment to work and be sufficient on its own from the start. She needs a lot of work, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, and if you, you know, if you're a part of the first group that's like, you know, maybe 100 probably wouldn't be enough. It'd probably have to be closer to 1,000. But if there was a thousand people going and they all decided, you know what, Mars is ours now, and they collectively land, you know, cooperate for a little bit, and then they're like, yep, so this is it, we're, we're this is ours now, uh, send any more spaceships, we'll just shoot them out of the air. And they well, take over Mars. Because they sent them a weapon system? Just <laughs> <laughs> In well, this scenario, they have weapons. Well, realistically... <laughs> they would, sure. I mean, I don't think they would necessarily have, you know, weapon weapons, but... A, sl a slingshot at the very least. You know, humans are creative. And I could see flares and other stuff. They would have something to potentially defend themselves on. Plus, people are paranoid, and what if aliens? Of course, yeah, well, there's something I gotta kill, of course, yeah. Right, yes. <laughs> like that creepy... Uh... Perseverance rover come at you in your sleep. 
But I mean, what would stop it's them from on Mars? What what would there be to stop someone, you know, a colony from mutinying and claiming themselves independent? Especially well, if they I were think, already sufficient. I mean, I already talked I think, about this earlier, but yeah, I think that's the the vetting process, and like, uh, I think mutiny, like, in if you look at it from a voyage standpoint of. In the past, mutinies happened all the time. And usually, like, I would say out of, you know, I'm just pulling raw numbers out of my butt, but a hundred or one mutiny out of, like, ten ships. So I'm just saying, like, I don't know if that's necessarily a possibility considering the dire consequences. Yeah, but if you have someone charismatic enough that is able to convince everyone else that, uh, Hey, there's enough of us. We can we can survive. We have all the equipment and tools and stuff we need. Anyone that disagrees just gets chucked out in airlock. If there's the next hucksters and flimflamers who can convince you, who can sell you on it, who can snowball uh, you, those guys. <laughs> but I mean, it, it it's it's going to be a very interesting time because you know everyone's. Joking about how, oh, Mars, you know, colonies and yada yada. If it happens, this is going to be, you know, stuff that we haven't seen in centuries. Like the last yeah, time. It, it's essentially going to put us back into the. Not Stone Age, but, you know, it's going to put us back backwards in technology. Yeah. I don't think essentially. so. Essentially. I mean, you're not going to have the newest, latest, and greatest phones on Mars, but... It, well, it's... I was talking about, like, backwards in technology as far as, like, civilizations are concerned. Eh. It's starting anew. Yeah, but you're, you're... That would be, like, saying everyone that started uh, when they started colonizing America went backwards from, you know the time, which they didn't. And they didn't for the same reason. They had these sail ships that were taking months to get across the ocean, but bringing supplies. And then taking supplies back. I mean, that's that's the thing with trade and everything. Right, well, sure and then... What, well, and then war. Huh? I'm pretty sure we had a civil war. I, I, I know. That, that's that's kind of what I'm... History is just going to repeat itself. Mars is going to declare itself independent. Once it has enough people, I mean... It'll revolt, and then, yeah, well, it's not kicking enough back. And Who's going to stop? And, and also, when you're on Mars, and you want to try to buy a Mars candy bar, would you get <laughs> Mars, Mars Mars? I mean, that's stupid. I mean, right there. But, it's a deal breaker. I mean, realistically, <laughs> I think... The second, you know, everything's kind of hypothetical right now. Elon hasn't actually said, or, you know, hasn't been able to verifiably prove he's going to be able to make it to Mars. Once things start snowballing and he starts getting ships in space to start heading to Mars, shit's going to hit the fan. Because if Elon and the U.S. get to Mars first... Although Mars is massive, the ideal habitable spots are not. 
And well, that, uh, would, that would be the, the main contention point, right? Would be the habitable zones or semi-habitable. In- well, it's near the shitloads of ice that you need. And is it, is, is, are we just setting up Mars? Stopping like a midway point to blast off the next place that might be habitable, like because it seems like Mars is pretty piss poor for that. Like, is is that is that what it's like almost like a rest stop, or am I is that anywhere close? Potentially. So that's the thing with uh, it's essentially like creating a backup plan because the Earth is potentially going to if it if it snowballs and it starts overheating and earth cook it cooks itself humans have to be somewhere else and that that's a lot of the viewpoints are we need we need colonies that aren't on the main planet because what if it you know greenhouse gas spirals out of control so bad that it turns into venus or what if you know a massive asteroid comes and just gone well and that's the the point of being multi-planetary though is theoretically from mars you don't know what you're going to find from there. I mean, you know, what what kind of potential that opens up. So same you know, with Titan and or yeah. So if you could if you could go to Mars and then go to Titan, well, theoretically you could find peace amongst everyone cuz these guys want to live on Mars, these guys want to live on Titan. You know, there's there's a lot of scenarios that could play in there, but yes, Mars might be contentious initially. But I think there will be a lot of peace once everybody figures it out. Well, yeah. what, when you blast off to Mars, what bathroom do you use? <laughs> I mean, like it's interspecies. Like you don't even—it's planetary. You don't even. Oh my god, so <laughs> confusing. I'm guessing that's not you know number one on their list of concerns. But you know. all right, you're saying that's more seventeen. Okay, all right, we'll get back uh, to that one. My my whole thought with this was. <laughs> Once Elon goes, starts putting stuff into orbit to go to Mars, or even once Starship gets off the ground, what's to stop Russia or China from saying, you know what, nope, screw you, Mars is ours, and just start launching stuff at it? I mean, China's not exactly uh, uh, safe when it comes to launching rockets, so I don't think they would care too much if they had a few tragedies trying to get to Mars. Well, they just they just blasted their uh, they're putting a female astronaut in space. Did you see that? Like she's going to spend the six months in the space station up there. I mean, they're only what twenty years behind us at that point. So you're saying you you don't trust them? You know, there's going to oh no 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 China drops rockets on their own population. Their launch site is over land. So when those boosters run out of fuel and come crashing back, it's usually over a village. Hmm. China doesn't exactly uh, care too much about safety. That'll definitely be something we have, you know, to look at when it happens. But it brings up an interesting point, John, which was a it was a question that was posed kind of to me was. With all we're talking about going to Mars. But we started off the episode talking about Bezos' flight going over the Carmen line. Well, the question was, why are people so excited about an eight-minute space flight 
when when forty years ago we went to the moon. Priorities. So that's that's in my opinion the reason people are looking forward to the eight minute little hops is because it's private. It's a potential economic it's a tourist thing. Um and there's been a lot of people that have been like, why the hell aren't we, you know, continuing going to the moon? The, the biggest problem, and the problem that I knew, and it's the problem with the Artemis program, is the ships that can take and go and land on the moon can't carry shit. Like, if you look at those those ships, they're tiny, they have limited capacity, you know, if you wanted to carry a huge-ass drill to drill into the uh, the moon or lunar surface to take a massive core sample, you can't. You cannot carry that weight on to Mars or to the but, moon. Well, but Starship can. But Starship well, can. What What about if, if this is space tourism and this is essentially – what about the idea if this is for the super wealthy? It's This is almost like the tax on the rich. You just keep the prices high, so the only but the people that can afford it are the ones that can dish it out, and then somehow it. So you're just making Bezos richer, and Musk richer. Yeah, you got to do because that's what it's going to be. Because it's like who who else is going to be able to afford this? Like the average, like I said, we there's like forty percent of Americans have like passports, so sixty percent of the people don't even leave the country. So what are the odds they're going to leave the planet? Oh, very little. Right. Except it seems like it's a very narrow amount of people. Again, but that's 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 where the differentiation is, is Starship is going to be the cheap economical version. Because Elon wants to launch a lot of people to Mars or to the moon or to wherever and he's not going to be looking for the, the rich. He's going to take people that have skills. Miners and, you know, construction, stuff like that. I foresee, yeah, I foresee, like, welders being a massive thing that uh, SpaceX is going to want to send to Mars on the first, first go. I feel like they're going to need a really good glass guy. Yeah, and that's... For, for windshields? Just to have, no, you know, like the domes. They, you know, everybody depicts these space domes. Well, they're see, those need a pretty good glass guy. Well, I, I think those are all cosmetic and after the fact. I still think that underground is key for Mars. And, That's scary, huh? I says that's scary. I don't well, know. Even even the moon underground is the safer bet because you are protected from radiation. You're protected from the elements. You're protected from, you know, micrometeors and all of that stuff. So underground is the way to go. And then once you're established underground, you can start doing the above ground stuff like the the biodomes and all of that. Because then that way, if you're you're self-sufficient underground and you're you have a nice little garden park with you know natural sunlight and you know you have trees and grass and stuff that's generating oxygen, 
and it takes a meteor and cracks a window and everything gets sucked out into the Martian desert, you're not crippling yourself. Like, if that was your only supply of oxygen and greenery, and it takes a, a meteor and sucks out all the oxygen and kills all the plants, that colony is now crippled and will likely die. I had an interesting thought since you brought it up, too. I was, I was thinking about, I think terraforming is the correct word, but what's to say that plants couldn't evolve in a different atmosphere and figure out how to grow on Mars or another planet? Well, that's what happened on Earth, in theory. When Earth was uh, starting out, there was no oxygen. Right. And it wasn't until the algae and all of that stuff started breaking down you know, the carbon dioxide and all of that, or the water, and started making the oxygen. Right, theoretically, it just seems like it would be a possibility that as much as plants, like, I feel like you could send dandelions up to Mars, and those little bastards would live. Because yeah. I can't keep them out of my grass. So, <laughs> well, and that's. Uh, do you remember the movie? Uh, it was. It was a Martian movie with the robot to murder dog. Dandelions in space. Yeah. <laughs> the sequel. Dandelions are dead. But that was kind of the point. Was they sent up. Uh, Algae or something to that effect that was altered to, you know, be able to survive on Mars and turn the carbon dioxide into oxygen and yada. And aside from the murderous robot dog, that's exactly what happened. They were, you know, wandered right. around, found the, the patch of algae that was blooming, and he took off his helmet and was like, oh, holy shit, there's this air on the Mars. Yeah, not to go like uh, you know uh, Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park, but or like it seems like life finds a way. So like what you're saying, if the atmosphere becomes this, it seems like then there's a form of algae that they would just figure out a way to absorb that, and then they would just morph to it. You know what I mean? It always seems like there's a um, yeah, it's a adaptability of life. Like the, it'll it'll figure it out. It'll keep well, like this. George Carlin said, like we're not going anywhere. Like but. The Earth will just figure out how to deal with plastic. It'll figure it out. It's good. It just, it just seems like uh, I've looked deep into weeds specifically because they can be such a pain in the ass. And those little seeds can stay like uh, nocturnal for like 60 years <laughs> and still sprout after 60 years. So it just seems to me like... The experiment should be, why can't we just shoot like a pod of different seeds up to Mars, spread well, them out, and go, hey, uh, let's see if something adapts. Part of the problem is uh, the moral implications of that, or the ethic implications of that. We try our hardest not to contaminate other planets. But we're trying to move there. I so know. What's the, well, what's it, the problem? It, yeah. Try to in a in a. The other problem is just launching shit at Mars and hoping it lives is isn't going to work. It has to be slowly adapted. Now I know the phrase is you know not accurate, but the that old phrase of you know 
if you put a frog in a pot of water and turn it up to boiling, frog won't jump out. Uh, it's the same kind of concept of we need to slowly adapt the 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 plants and us stuff to the Martian atmosphere in order to get them to work. Look, Chris likes to, John likes to bathe with frogs. That's <laughs> what I've heard from that. That's what uh, I heard. What I'm saying is, okay, so you guys know I'm a let's do this kind of guy, right? I'm like one of those people who doesn't think about it. I'm just like, let's do it. You want to do something? <laughs> let's just do it. Why not? Right. right. So in in this scenario, I'm saying, look, we're talking about putting people on Mars, right? So in the same theory, John, you're shooting shit Mars to see if it lives. Let's throw some seeds up there. What's the, well, you know? I The problem is they won't live uh, because there is not enough oxygen. There's not, there's no water. That's the other problem. Uh, that There is, but there isn't, and it is heavily. We don't need water. But it's heavily salted water. Um, the the ideal scenario for something like this is, you know, colony sets up near an ice cap is able to convert or, you know, set up like algae tanks or something to mass convert the the water on Mars into, you know, breathable atmosphere. And then they start venting the excess into Mars. Now, on a small scale like that, it's not going to mean jack shit. It's like trying to cool the planet by opening up your window with the AC on. Um, you're not doing anything. Realistically, you would have to potentially smash a couple ice meteors into the atmosphere to get the to raise the atmospheric the levels of atmosphere in the atmosphere. If that makes any sense. Well, what about? Can I play devil's advocate for a second? What if you go launch your your weeds in Mars? Uh, they take hold, and then all of a sudden, there's weeds every place, and then there's no pick them, and then nobody wants to live there. Have you ever <laughs> thought about that? The the value, the the HOA is going to be on. It's about all these damn weeds that you planted, and nobody wants to pick them. Come on, a little <laughs> foresight, people. There would be an HOA on Mars adapted right away. They would come in immediately. Your weeds, your weeds are too tall. You're gonna need to check cut those down. I, I, honey, I need to blast off. Be gone for seven months because I have to go pull weeds on our property in Mars because they were gonna be fined fifty dollars. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and all this red, we we don't like red. I need you to change that. So right. it's not an approved color. We're not communist people. It's just the color of the planet. It's not a come on. <laughs> well, I actually like I enjoyed the way that that conversation morphed. I uh I thought we went into an interesting direction there. I mean, granted, Earth's trying to kill me. <laughs> space weeds wasn't exactly where I saw us going, but you know. That's it's, where we went. That's where we ended up. And, uh, hey, look, it's the fun part about a podcast, right? We start off by talking about Bezos being a dick, and we ended up at Space Weeds. And so, that's a good kind of weed. Depending on how you look at it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but with that, uh, Kirk, or what's the matter, you? 
Let's go over to your corner. Let's go over to my corner. Let's go see what you got this week. Now, I will admit that it didn't do anything. (laughs) Okay. It's up front. At least you... (laughs) Still, uh, Mount Kusmore in the ocean thing. (laughs) Well, um... Uh, the, this corner basically it's kind of a i was thinking of, um uh, the the baseball um take me out to the ball game and i sort of thought about it needed to, it was written so long ago back in we were just talking about space race times back in that era baseball was huge and all the kids watched baseball and they followed it i don't kids aren't they don't seem to have the attention span anymore so to me it would be sort of my update here, here's a 2021 version of take a response, a rebuttal from a kid today. But uh, Chris, do, can you do you remember taking up the, the ball game? Could you give the original? Because you were a baseball loving fan. Yeah, of course. I was gonna say, yeah, well, I know. I at least know the first few lines. Can you guys do the whole thing? How about the, if you do the do the original? And when I do the rebuttal, it'll be fresher. So can you guys? Take me out to the ball game. Uh, are you asking for line by line, or could you, could you do it? I mean, yeah, uh, damn, I, damn, yeah. Could you come on? I, I, it's I'm not, it's not doing it long. in my head, and I've gotten through five. Take lines me so out far. to the ball game. Take yep. me out, out to, to the, the crowd. crowd. Yep. Buy me some buy, nuts. Buy me some nuts and pack cracker jacks. Yep. I don't care yeah. if I ever get back. back. Yep. So it's root, root, root for the home team. Uh-huh. Yeah. If if they don't win, it's a shame. Yep. Got one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old at the ball, old ball game. Old ball. Beautiful, nice, well done. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so I to a kid today, I don't think they're connecting with that. So here's my here's the remix. Okay, ready? Here, here's the new thing that's going to launch baseball back to kids. So it's uh, please, for the love of God, don't take me out to the ball. Uh, you know I'm uncomfortable. Crowds. Um, don't buy me peanuts or Cracker Jacks. I'm deathly allergic to peanuts and have no idea what Cracker Jacks are (laughs) is. I don't know know what that is. Um, No, I do care when I get back. My life is carefully structured. I have ADHD and my tablet battery is almost dead. I I can't take this primitive game anymore. I will root, root, root for the home team only if they are in playoff contention, aren't on steroids, putting sticky stuff on their balls, or about to switch to another city. Other <laughs> than that, I will root for that team. If they don't win, who really cares? For it's one labor strike, two labor strikes, three strikes, and you're out at the old ball game. Now let's leave early to beat the traffic and hope we didn't catch. The Delta variant of the old <laughs> COVID virus. Play video games. I'm bored. Okay. <laughs> Come on. That is the remix of the old for the kids. It might connect them back. There was iPads, there's batteries, there's boredom. I think it's a grand slam, which is a term they don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, Kirk, because as you know, I'm a baseball guy. So, yes, I uh, 
we could spend a whole hour just talking about baseball and that. But you have. We won't. Many times. And many times, yes. <laughs> but I agree. All right. A hearty harumph. Yes. Baseball's a dying sport. So it's unfortunately kids are not into it anymore. And yeah. I, it's a, it's the attention span. It's the slowness of it. There's no kind of shot. Clock. And then, uh, like we were saying, like the, a lot of the playoffs end up going into like midnight in October and it's just too late. Like kids are asleep, so they don't get to see it. And that's, that's all of the fun is the excitement is the actual buzz watching it, not hearing about it the next night. That's yeah. not as fun. Yeah. I, also, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, when I was playing baseball, baseball was more interesting. When I stopped playing baseball, it, yeah. And I'm the guy who still likes to listen on the radio. Well, you know, like I, I like to sit there and listen for three hours on the radio, just like taking in the game. Here in the local, com- the, local, the local commercials, the little, you know, the you know the, the local sponsors and like yeah. the, the radio guy the the homer guy who's like rooting for the team he's like not he's not trying to be neutral he's he's wants the the rockies to win right yep that's what you want yeah oh seems like our twitching out again here what's that oh the feed was just i got like uh feedback in my ear Oh, no, it's probably just on your end. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me with. Yeah, night. it seems it's got to be the electric storms, right? The uh... yeah, we'll, we'll blame it on that because I have no idea how my stuff got switched off. What it was? It's the, it's the solar flare. The solar flare yes. caused all of this. The aroma you're putting out is Which... making the electron. Is only <laughs> That's my. I'm not a scientist per se, but as a as a scientist guy, that's my two cents. Uh huh. <laughs> look, we're still in Kirk's corner, so I'm still. I look, it's my corner. That's I have. He's... All right, we're leaving. <laughs> I have jurisdiction still. Ah, all right. Hey, wait! Oh, the old okay. one. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm just, I don't know what's going on tonight. You know what? Everybody's allowed to have a bad week. You were, uh, you had to go to work this last week. We'll give yes. you a pass. That sucks. Yeah, work will do that I to know. you. <laughs> well, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, me and Kirk will be working together again. That'll be fun. They're putting the old team back together <laughs> for one more big score. there's a couple boxes that needed to be delivered find a way and I won't have to drive anywhere (laughs) and then we'll stop and we'll eat chili so that'll be good well not for you but you know what even (laughs) you know what I will take chili farts over what you normally that's that's what I'm saying folks chili farts are an improvement over this man's normal aroma can I get an amen, John? That one hurt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Holla! 
thank you, John. Thank you. That got a hot. That didn't. You don't know, think that was that was John. That was totally John going. Hello. <laughs> sure. Yep. Totally John. It wasn't me. I was doing this other voice. Could have been me. Well, it's it time, time, to, it's time I, to go off topic. It's time to go off topic. And All right. I'm going to start out. Uh, I had this. I was going to send it over, and of course I didn't. But uh, there was this. There's this first like AI robot that uh, I don't know. It's supposed to be like the first truly sentient robot, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it it cracked me up because the headline of the story was first robot or true AI now wants to have a baby. That's totally programmed in. It has to be. Yeah, I, I'm not. So the problem with sentient AI would be that it's it's not possible like it doesn't it it doesn't have the hips for it first (laughs) i mean you can program it to try and think on its own and technically a lot of the like supercomputers have that logic in them but to have it be sentient would be that it is now classified as a living being so maternal instincts couldn't be implanted is what you're saying but that's a the the thing to care for i'm a living thing this is your it that's not doable no it's kind of a it's a weird gray area but no theoretically you shouldn't be able to do that as a robot yeah it's not we're we're centuries off from being able to even become close to that i think realistically using something like CRISPR to make dogs sentient is closer than making a sentient computer program. Yep. Which why my off topic was pretty lame this week. Cause I, <laughs> I got cracked up because, you know, it said the robot wanted to have a baby robot. Are you sure you weren't but... on some, like that? I was trying to fact check you uh, while we were doing this and I couldn't find the article. <laughs> Dude, it's my algorithm. I don't know where it came from, but it popped up. So if some weird robot on robot <laughs> is your is your garbage disposal turned on by your <laughs> what the hell? Easy <laughs> algorithm. On that note, Kirk, what you got? Uh, I my story. I it was a it was an article, and it was a, a tiny Tennessee town is on sale, so you can buy. This is. You can purchase a tiny Tennessee town for uh, $725,000. It's uh, there's one home, four general stores and a barn. And the home and stores were built in the 1900s and two buildings have updated wiring and plumbing. So what do you think? You guys are sort of, uh, John, you're, you're a pale guy who don't like people. What do you think about this? You could plunk down. You could have your old damn town. So you don't have to deal with nobody. I mean, from what it what? sounds like, is someone built a bunch of buildings to get classified as a town and call themselves a town. They, they've, well, been yeah, there, they've been there since 1900. Well, but I mean, there. 
if you there's could... one home, why four general stores? I mean, so you could go to the good one and not the bad one. Yeah, but... competition. You know, there's yeah, there's the yeah. So... See, and that sounds like a uh, classification, like loophole, like oh, in order to have a town. Uh, in a certain amount of area, you have to have at least one home and four businesses. Okay, so well, what if how about if you could just own your own town? Would you do it? Come on, like I mean, be... possibly. <laughs> I I I would like a, you know, it's funny. I I kind of want always wanted one of those uh, abandoned nuclear missile silos, off the grid, right? Something off the grid. Well, it's not off the grid. It's just. Under the grid. Huh. See, this is you want to go to you want to get me farther Something, away from the sun. Settle. Hey, <laughs> less sunlight is really what you're going for. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, I mean, with our with our revenue from the Fused Relativity podcast, I mean, you know, maybe we we start saving up. We might make be able to make that happen. Look, help us get him the hell away. Seriously, <laughs> everybody. That's 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 the way you pitch it. That's the best spin. I was gonna do the math on that, but I don't feel like it. <laughs> nah, too many numbers. Well, what do you got there, John? Mine's a bit more of a rant. Oh, nice. So, you know, it, it's it's still off topic. So no one likes TikTok. Or, you know, there was the perceived notion that everyone should hate TikTok. Um, and I, I fell into that gap until, you know, we started doing the podcast and I was like, okay, well, it is a potential way to expand and do more content and potentially engage in a bigger audience. Much like anything, I have found it extremely useful. And useful in the annoying way. That, like, I'm sure Chris and Kirk, because you guys are all on, you know, the attention span shortening and all of this stuff. Um, I actually think that is somewhat of a, a, a positive thing, too. Because there, there's just so much, like, don't get me wrong, there's mountains of garbage on TikTok. But there's definitely a ton of good stuff. Like, smart educational people like i following an australian astrophysicist right now and her stuff is amazing but you say because she has to keep it tight it's it's bad it's it, it's more it's on tiktok doesn't mean it's, it's well, it can't be educational you can, exactly you can choose good stuff yeah and that's what i've been trying to do this last like week is i've been trying to focus it down and not get just such random stuff and trying to focus it on more like educational things. And it's been way better experience because it's, you know, I get these entertaining, compact things. Like there's, it's fun, it's fun to learn new things. It's interesting. It's, it's like a good, good for your brain to soak up some interesting new knowledge. Like I, there's been a few things that have completely shifted my, my spectrum too. Like it's finding grooves or not grooves but just you know finding information and finding different viewpoints is always a good thing and sometimes it can even help you you know get out of thought or you know potentially fix problems before they become problems 
if that makes sense. See, seeing seeing some from a different vantage point, being yes. able to see it from yeah, not not everything is through your lens. There's other or, ways or you know even just like YouTube. I do the same thing with YouTube where I, I try and stay on. You know, I have my the, the people I watch that create content that's you know entertaining and fun, but I also try and steer heavily towards educational stuff. It's just when you have a thirty minutes, you know, even a five minute video. Sometimes can be like, eh, I don't want to watch all of that. Especially if it's something, you know, that's not super entertaining or, you know, if it's not done in a very entertaining way. Right. It can e be dry. The fewer, yeah. the less, less is more, the very economical, you know, a minute, minute and a half or something. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, if you have that minute and a half where it's like, oh, hey, do you want to know that it, this place, this happened? Here's a few key details, and yeah, that's it. It's like just the it's sort. It's sort of almost like the anti because I like on you know FM DJs. There used to be people that would talk between songs, and they would tell they would kind of plat and like on AM radio they they have nothing but time to fill, and they would just talk a lot. And like it's uh, like sort of like that's almost like a podcast, but on a YouTube or a, a TikTok, it's short. It's succinct. It's got to be more economical and focused. Yeah, and it's they don't have they don't have the time. They don't have the attention. Yeah, and it's broken up between you know, hey, funny video, couple educational videos, funny video, you know, like I don't know if either of you have heard of Hank Green. I hadn't heard of him until I started you know looking at TikToks, but it's like he's an. I don't even know how to describe him because I'm just still fairly new to his style of stuff, but he's funny and educational and it, it's great. I think that short time has a much better thing for comedy. Like comedy is rampant on TikTok. Hmm. Well, I think we're getting cool, but to me, comedy always would help with educational, like, I don't know, Simpsons and back to Rockley and Bowling. They were talking about stuff like it was funny for kids, but it also as it worked on another level. So I think there was always, um, it's always been a thing. Yeah. Um, just sort of like what it's yeah, like what we started talking about is kind of what we're finishing up. That was weird. It wrapped <laughs> up nicely. Now the question is, did we lose Chris? Did he? I Chris saw had to go boom, boom. I, I was gonna say no. I don't know what's going on. I, you guys were talking and I was trying to talk and I got nothing. Oh, okay. Well, well we're wrap we're wrapping up. So good. good can you? We're we're back to well, wrap. Did it you up. have any thoughts on the the whole TikTok rant? Uh I think, I think TikTok is the perfect culmination of our society at this moment, and. If you can fit a poignant thought into a minute to a minute and a half, it's perfect. Yeah. But anything anything longer than that, and people get lost and distracted. Oh. And Well, let, let's take, for example, yesterday I sent you, some guy had used a CNC machine to write out the entire script of Shrek on a piece of paper and then framed it. Yes. Like... I, if that was a 10-minute video on YouTube, I wouldn't have watched it. Right. 
But since he did it in like, what, minute and a half, two minutes, I was like, okay, I can sit through this. And then I was like, you know what? That is very impressive. <laughs> and the concept in and of itself is amazing. If I wasted a minute and a half, it was good. If I wasted 10 minutes, fuck this guy. Is that well, what it was? But it, <laughs> well, it's, it, it's more, you know, time is valuable. And if you're... The, the biggest problem with YouTube is you get paid the longer your video is. And in a 10-minute video, usually it's, you know, being stretched. So you're well, and every, everybody's attention of... span is getting shrunk. The audience's attention shrunk, and your video, the only way to keep them is to keep it tight, and then they might come back, and then they share it. But if you do 10 minutes, they don't, well, they, no one's going to stick around that long. No, I, I just think that with something like this, where the concept is, hey, I told the CNC machine to type out all of uh, or the whole script of Shrek, uh, I just find it hard to... How would you make that a 10-minute video when it's CNC did all the work and I framed it? It's like it worked perfectly for a minute video. Right. 10 minutes is way too long. That's yeah. I'm, I'm 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 already bored. You know what I mean? Like I don't <laughs> yeah. if you're even even the most staunch computer nerd after like 3 minutes is tapping out. Well, and a lot of the DIY stuff is all just filler like you know, they'll be doing something and explain a story of something that happened years ago. You know, it's eh, it's an interesting topic. But yeah. like you said, it's we're already at almost an hour and a half again. Right. And we're number thirty three with Larry Larry episode Larry Bed. Okay, I was gonna say if you cut out right after Larry and I was like, was he gonna say bird? <laughs> we were on pins and needles to see what your oh that heightened what... attention yes yeah but, yes. Uh, yeah there, well there, okay. episode thirty three in the books it was uh I thought it was good we we kind of you know sprung off on some good topics there with the uh, blue origin launch and mutiny in and, space yeah mutiny <laughs> weeds we had it all what can I say. <laughs> A roller but, coaster uh, for the whole family. That's right. I'll make a motion picture off of this one. But, uh, hey, you know what? Every week we come back and we do more and we talk about more and we uh, keep mentioning the Carmen line almost <laughs> every week, somehow. Bezos. Yeah. And For some reason Bezos he keeps coming up. Dick. He's still a dick. Just, yeah, <laughs> we cannot uh, get through an episode without saying that. If he would stop being a dick, we might stop doing it, but he just can't stop himself. So we'll keep reminding him that you're a dick. So on that note, for uh, me, uh, Chris, John, and Kirk, thank you everybody for listening this evening, and we will catch you next week for episode 34. Have a good night. <laughs>